Welcome to The Palette, the podcast about language learning and teacher training. My name's Becky, and today I'm going to be talking to Delta trainer Nick Witherick. This is the first episode in our Delta series of podcasts. Today we're taking an overview of the Delta qualification and the different modules that make up the course. Hi, welcome to The Palette. My name's Becky, and I'm here today with Nick Witherick. We're going to talk a little bit about the Delta, all the different modules, uh, and just more of an insight of what is actually involved in this qualification. So, Nick, do you want to start off by introducing yourself for us? Yes, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, my name's Nick Witherick. I'm a teacher trainer at International House London, and I've been working on CELTA and Delta courses for decades. Fantastic. Okay, so I've got a nice, simple question to start you off. Maybe simple, maybe not. What is the Delta? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's um, an internationally recognised teaching qualification. It's highly respected. Um, I think it's not an overstatement to say it's the benchmark for quality teaching. Um, Also, these days, it's increasingly requested by employers. Um, As a qualification, it deepens your knowledge and understanding of English language teaching, enables you to develop your career, um, and also prepares you for senior teaching roles. Um, It's a level seven or master's level qualification, but unlike the majority of master's programs, it blends theory and practice. So it's very much concerned with what happens in the classroom when you're actual teaching. And I think overall, it just gives you the skills and techniques that will undoubtedly make you a better teacher and help you through your or throughout your teaching career. Okay, interesting. Fantastic. So who takes the Delta? Who's eligible for it? Yeah, so in terms of what you need, um, you need to have at least one year of ELT experience um, and you need an initial ELT qualification such as the CELTA, but others are accepted. So um, centres may still accept you if you demonstrate that you would be likely to complete a course successfully. Um, You don't need to be a first language English speaker as long as your English is C1 level or higher. Okay, that's interesting. I think that's um, dispelled a lot of misconceptions that I think a lot of us have in terms of the length of experience you have to have, the qualifications you need in order to take the Delta. So that's very interesting. Uh, So my next question is why? Why do teachers choose to take the Delta? Yeah, I mean, motivations obviously vary, but generally it's for English language teachers who want to progress their careers. For example, take up more senior roles, such as a director of studies position, or maybe going to teacher training. Um, it's also for experienced teachers who want to extend their expertise in a specialist area, as one of the modules focuses on a specialism. Um, as I said, it, it's increasingly becoming a requirement for so many jobs in, in the industry that it's hard to develop professionally without it. Um, and needless to say, most employers pay Delta qualified teachers more, so that's another incentive to do it. Um, For me personally, I did it because I wanted to go into teacher training um, and it also forced me to read and study. And I've said this before, apart from progressing my career, I think the most satisfying thing about it was I understood why I was doing certain things in the classroom. Um, You know, there were actual reasons that related to various theories. So in a sense, um, things fell into place. 
It's a, a very common thing that I've heard, uh, that understanding and things falling into place from a lot of um, Delta graduates that I've spoken to. We had one previously on the podcast uh, who almost said something identical. So clearly it's a very common result of the qualification. So in terms of practical steps of taking the Delta, I understand there are three modules that make up the course. Yeah, so the Delta has three modules which you can take in any order and you can take as many or as few as you want. Um, you can also do a Delta course, all three modules intensively in a few months or spread it out over a couple of years. Okay, so is there an overall certificate or just individual ones per module? Yeah, both. So they're certificated individually, but on completion of your final module, whatever that is, you're awarded an overall diploma. So you're only really Delta qualified when you have all three modules. Okay. And what sort of grades can you achieve within those modules and within the Delta overall? Yeah, I mean, it's simply pass merit distinction grades for each module. Uh, so we're going to talk about this more in another podcast. Uh, but how do you actually take the Delta? There are multiple different options, as I understand it. Yeah, exactly. So there should be an option that suits you. Um, the Delta can be taken as a face-to-face -face course, for example, at International House London. Um, it can be done at distance, for example, on the Distance Delta, which is a collaboration between the British Council and IH London. Or it can be done as a blended course with certain modules done face-to-face -face and others at distance. Um, in terms of the time frame, there are more intensive and ex extensive options as well. Um, the idea is that you learn at your own pace, you find a program that suits you. So, for example, you may wish to do the practical element, module two, in your own workplace, i.e. teach your own learners and be assessed doing that, in which case a distance option might be better. Um, distance courses tend to be longer, don't necessarily require you to take time off work to attend. Alternatively, you may wish to attend a face-to-face -face course in which you'll usually be teaching the learners provided by that institution. Face-to-face -face courses are likely to be full-time, so working alongside doing a face-to-face -face course probably won't be an option. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay, so in terms of the three modules that make up the Delta, uh, let's talk about those in a little bit more depth. So can you first of all tell me about module one? Yeah, module one is called Understanding Language, Methodology and Resources for Teaching and is essentially about exploring the background to teaching, the theory that underpins it, practical applications, how these are informed by linguistics and language learning theories. Um, assessment is by written exam taken twice a year on the first Wednesday of June and December. Um, you can take it at any Cambridge exam centre in the world. There are two one and a half hour papers and you're tested on your knowledge of ELT terminology your ability to analyse authentic materials, appraise a sample of learner writing or speaking. You also analyse teaching materials for um, both teachers and learners, including a test. Um, so although there's reference to theory, it's very much about what happens in the classroom level. And I think for module one, the main takeaways are it'll definitely help deepen your language awareness and your understanding of teaching materials such as course books. Okay, great. And what about module two then? Yeah, module two um, is developing your professional practice and focuses on, according to Cambridge, 
developing awareness and expertise in relation to the principles and professional practice of teaching ESOL in a range of contexts. So in practical terms, that just means basically focusing on planning and teaching a series of observed lessons. Um, these lessons have accompanying written assignments. Most of these lessons are assessed by course tutors, but the final assessed lesson is observed by an external Cambridge assessor. So there's external assessment, but you also submit an internally assessed coursework portfolio to Cambridge. In terms of workload, it's the biggest commitment of the three modules by far, um, but this is the module that really transforms your teaching. Oh, okay, right. So, but I have heard there's a lot of writing on module two. Is that true? Yes, that, that's correct. Um, there are basically five assignments, but one of them has two parts. So that essentially makes six. Um, four of those assignments, as I've said, have observed assessed lessons, and these are called LSAs, and that stands for language skills or language systems assignment. Um, and you have to do two systems and two skills assignments, one receptive and one productive, and broadly choose things that are relevant to your learners and of interest to you. So for each LSA, there is what's called a background essay. These are between 2,000 and 2,500 words and focus on analysing what you're going to teach, looking at learner issues and also teaching solutions. But with the LSA, there's a lesson plan, which is also very detailed and has many different sections, um, including a commentary, which is like a rationale for the lesson, and that's between 500 and 750 words. So um, altogether, the lesson plan, because it has so many different sections, can be as long as a background essay. You then teach the lesson, which, ha which has to be between 40 minutes and an hour. And then there's a post-lesson reflection and evaluation section of between 300 and 500 words. So that's something you do four times on a Module 2 course. Um, so in total, that's well over 20,000 words. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's the first four assignments of Module 2. What is the fifth assignment? Yeah, the fifth assignment is called the Professional Development Assignment, or PDA. Um, one part of this is the Reflection and Action Assignment, which has four stages spread across the course and is about doing action research on areas of your classroom practice. Um, the first stage is a diagnostic observation, and from that, areas of weakness are highlighted, and then it's about doing classroom-based research on these areas of weakness and ultimately, hopefully, remedying these issues. Um, it's again two to two and a half thousand words long. Um, the other part of the PDA is the experimental practice assignment. Um, there's a chance to do something different here outside of your comfort zone and um, something not related to your previous experience. So you basically research and teach a lesson using an approach, methodology or technique that's new to you and of relevance to your learners. Um, as, it's an, as it's an experiment, you set yourself objectives and then evaluate the extent to which they were met or not. Um, it's not observed, but it's assessed, so there is a bit less pressure here. Um, these days, typically people do things like dogma or task-based learning. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on to module three. I understand there's two different options with module three. Yes, module three is about producing um, an extended written assignment of between four and four and a half thousand words. But as you said, there are two options. Um, option one is called extending practice and ELT specialism. So you focus on a specialist area of your choice, and that could be younger learners, business English, 
English for academic purposes, English for specific purposes, etc. And you carry out research into learner needs, syllabus design, and this all leads you to designing a course program for a specific group of learners. However, you don't have to actually teach the program you design. Um, option two is called English language teaching management, and you carry out an independent um, situation analysis of a teaching institution, usually where you work. Um, and this leads to designing a, a change proposal, looking at a specific area of management. So as an option, it's of, it's of more interest to those in management or those wanting to go into management than those who want to stay in the classroom. Um, but overall, I think the great thing about module three is it allows you to focus on what you're really interested in. So whether that's an ELT specialism or ELT management. Okay, fantastic. That's really interesting and really clarified a lot of questions about the various modules, what you'll learn, what you'll be doing. Uh, so very interesting. But my final question for you is, does it matter which order you take those modules in? Um, well, yes and no. There are course options where you do all three modules concurrently. However, if you want to do them one at a time, Cambridge don't stipulate anything about an order. But we would just recommend doing module one before module two. Um, this is simply because the syllabus is essentially the same, albeit module two has more of a, a practical focus. Um, therefore, it makes sense when you've got the pressure of observation on a Module 2 course to have at least already got a handle on the theory from doing Module 1. It also makes sense to do Module 1 immediately before Module 2 um, so that it's still sort of fresh in your mind. However, over the years, I've pretty much seen every um, order permutation there is. Oh, okay, fantastic. Brilliant. Well, that's all my questions for you, Nick. So thank you so much for clearing so much of the Delta up for us and being on the palette today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Becky. Nice talking to you.